0: <laughs> I like the new
1: intro. <laughs> hey gang, <laughs> we are peppy. <laughs> Welcome to Not So Mormon Podcast.
0: Oh, gee, golly, gosh! I feel like that goes along with the hey gang, you yeah, know? Yeah,
1: it's like the Mormon slang, you know? Oh my heck! Oh my oh, gosh! Flip. Oh flip Fli- heck! Oh frick! Yeah. <laughs>
0: Make ourselves giggle so much, it, it really warms my heart. Anyways, this is Sarah
1: and this is Katie. Thanks for um, listening to that horrible, cringy intro. <laughs> I promise I won't do that again. I don't know what came over me.
0: <laughs> no, I love it. I think we should just switch it up every single time, like, yeah. have a new intro All from right. now on.
1: I, I'm here for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh mm. man, it's been Well, it hasn't been too long. I was going to say it's been a hot second, but no, we posted and recorded last week. So, oh, my God, we're on a schedule again. We are.
1: We're keeping up with it. So hopefully we can keep it going. (laughs) And I hope everyone listened to the last episode.
0: You better, bitches. But if you did, <laughs> isn't it so crazy about Abducted in Plain Sight? Like, I just think that that's super fascinating. And yeah. if you haven't watched the documentary, go watch it. And then listen to our episode on it. Because it will blow your mind. Yes.
1: And on that note, I thought we should maybe tell the listeners. We were considering, if you guys like that episode, let us know. Because we're considering throwing in... Um, one episode a month about, like, Mormon true crime. So, so, yeah, if you like that, let us know.
0: Yeah, because Katie posted a thing on Instagram on our story to get, like, a poll of who would be interested in more true crime, and quite a bit of you said yes. So, and, I mean, there were a few who said no, so we thought to balance it out, maybe we would just do, like, one episode a month to please those who were all in some murders and true crime and... (laughs) Who are like us, who like these morbid, depressing topics. But I fucking love it, and I can't stop. I'm addicted.
1: I know. I do, too. And it's it's bad. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I need to take a break from the true crime podcast for a while. <laughs> Let's switch to something lighter.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I can't. I'm, like, obsessed. I was just talking to Katie before we started recording, but if you guys like the story of... Um, like abducted in plain sight and that whole documentary, you should definitely watch the documentary series on Madeline McCain, which is I think it's like eight episodes or something like that. It's a uh, what is it called? Not like
1: documentary a series. Docuseries? But isn't it
0: called something else? Uh,
1: Docu series, I think they just. There run. you go. Yeah.
0: There it is. There is <laughs> Katie back correcting me. What would I do without her?
1: Oh. Um, <laughs>
0: But it's really fascinating, and it's along the same line. I mean, it's not the same story, obviously, but it's just, like, you sit there and watch and think, like, the parents are fucking idiots, or either they did it, or I've, like, come up with a thousand different (laughs) theories on it, so... Watch it if you're into that kind of stuff, because it's real interesting. You and I mean? it was, like, in 2000, early 2000, so you get to see the amazing dress style back in the 2000s, which
1: is when I was, like, a teenager, oh, so I'm man. like,
0: oh, my God.
1: Can you believe some of the stuff we wore? I don't even... I can't! It's... Like, the pedal
0: pushers and, like, the... what is it called? The, um... The shorts that are like to your knees, but they oh, also flare out a bit.
1: The, <laughs> the like gaucho pants.
0: Yeah, almost called? like those. I remember I owned a few and I also just had the ones that went to your knees because hashtag Mormon
1: modesty, right? Oh my gosh. Uh, Do you remember <laughs> how like low cut everything was to like the low cut jeans, like the low rise? Oh, so unflattering. Uh,
0: God, it was so low cut. Like I have never been happier when the style, like the fashion, changed, and you could have high rise like jeans, and that came back into fashion mm-hmm. because before I was like, "Good God, my muffin top is exploding," and I am so uncomfortable every, they all gave the time.
1: Every single person a muffin top, I swear, or at least every, every woman, because yeah. <laughs> and you
0: were always showing your crack. I remember, like, if I had, like, if I dropped something, being like, "All right." I have to come up with a strategy to pick this up, yeah. but without showing my crack. You do the whole thing where you, I'm like,
1: still over. you know how you, like, bend over and you kind of hold on to the back loop of your pants? <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> <laughs> that was the move, yeah. Anyways, oh I don't know God. how we got on this topic, but we... <laughs> oh, sorry. I, guess- I just...
0: 2000s, man. It's oh, yeah, crazy 2000s. to grow up in that generation. Like, because, you know, when you think about, like, if you watch – your parents or your older siblings and they're like oh my god the 80s and the 90s I grew up in that and now it's coming back and I remember as a kid being like oh my god they're so old (laughs) and now at like 30 I'm like fuck now like if I look back at the early 2000s I'm like I can't believe that that was a was in fashion that that was in style and now some of it's coming back and I'm like no I know right
1: no 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 I know I feel the exact same I look at you know, younger girls, like teenagers, and the stuff that they wear. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's, like, what I wore in 1999. Is that cool now? Because it looks pretty cool on you, but I would not look cool on me.
0: <laughs> but also, can we talk about – these memes are cracking me up. The ones that are posted that are, like – Nowadays, teenagers look and fly on Instagram. And back in the day nope. when I was like 12, 13, 14, I had fucking braces, the yes. rubber bands. Like, oh. I wore umbro shorts and t shirts with no bra, even though I should.
1: Oh, yeah. And like, know, yeah, high yeah, I was right top.
0: There sneakers and stuff like it was so busted
1: oh yeah no i know nowadays 13 year olds look like they're like 21 it's crazy
0: i know i'm just like <laughs> it's unfair like everyone needs to have the awkward stage of like 13 14 and have pictures of it
1: yeah and wearing because, like it's body glitter all over your face and like <laughs> metallic blue lipstick for some dumb reason like <laughs> and gap
0: t-shirts that say Gap written huge in the front.
1: Oh, those were so cool. Those were the coolest. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Or Limited 2. Limited 2. Oh,
1: I I loved that store. I think I got some jelly sandals from that store. Me too. Me too, queen. Um, I did.
0: Anyway, sorry, listeners. We just took a little trip down memory lane. But, you know, it's it's a good time. Yeah,
1: well, we're going to take another trip down memory lane. Well, it's way further. It's not really in our memories, but... It's in Joseph Smith's memory. (laughs) So, this week, we are talking about the Book of Abraham.
0: Which, probably, even if you were a Mormon and you're listening, you're like, wait, what is that? Because it's not really talked about that much in the church.
1: Yeah, so, for people who don't know, obviously, the uh, Mormon Church, they have their Book of Mormon, as we all know, and they also believe in the Bible, both the Old and the New Testament, And then they have the Doctrine and Covenants, which we've sort of covered, which has things in there like um, the Word of Wisdom, and it has the shit about polygamy. That's basically stuff that like Joseph Smith said he got personal revelations about. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then there's another book that we haven't discussed called The Pearl of Great Price. And in The Pearl of Great Price is the Book of Abraham.
0: Um, which can I just like interrupt for a hot second with Pearl of Great Price. I have never understood why it's called that. And every time I would hear it as a Mormon, I just immediately think of a pearl necklace.
1: I know. Right. Um, I don't
0: understand why it's called Pearl of Great Price. I
1: think I heard that it, it was called that because of a biblical, um, parable, like some kind of parable about how, like. F- oh, I don't even know. I'm gonna mess it up. But something about some guy would trade the pearl of the greatest price to to know the gospel, or something like that. Oh. I don't know. Some kind of biblical reference, I think, is where he got that from. Old J dog. He <laughs> J dog. He got in his hat. Yeah, he loves he loves taking stuff from the Bible too, as we will see. <laughs> so um, okay. I'll, anyway, okay, so I'll just start by saying that the book of Abraham is, Joseph Smith claimed that this is actual words from Abraham, like the biblical Abraham. It's basically, like, expounding on stuff that wasn't said in the Bible, but Joseph Smith said that, you know, he got revelation because he's Joseph Smith.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, so Abraham was like, "What up, j Dog? Let yeah. me pass down some words of wisdom." I'm, to I'm you. gonna,
1: I'm gonna play telephone. I'm, I'm, I'm Abraham. I'm gonna like pass this down, but also I'm gonna like whisper it to God, and then God will whisper it to you. Um, it'll, it'll be a fun game. Okay, so in this all starts in 1835, and in 1835 the Mormons were in Kirtland, Ohio. And this man named Michael Chandler, he arrived in Kirtland, Ohio, and he was like this traveling um, sort of like salesman, and he had this exhibition of things. He had he had this, <clears throat> what, what would you call it, kind of like a caravan of antiques and stuff that he would charge uh. people to look at. And then he would also sell these things. But guess what like his specialty was? Do you want to just take a take a whack at what Ooh. his specialty was? What he sold? Golden plates. <laughs> That's a good guess. No. <laughs> no. Damn. He sold mummies. What? Like from Egypt. <laughs> yeah, so he had a bunch of mummies that had been sent to him from Egypt. And he also had, with the mummies, these papyri, like, you know, the the scrolls with all of the hieroglyphics on them. So that's what his main thing was. And he would travel across the states and charge people to look at these mummies. And then if people really wanted to buy them, they could. So
0: guess who decided
1: he needed some mummies? (laughs)
0: J Dog is like let's throw that in. Yeah, throw
1: it in. J Dog decides he's gonna buy four mummies, and what? the scrolls, the the papyri that came with them. Okay, and these things, these mummies cost two thousand four hundred dollars, which I looked that up in today's money. That would be almost seventy thousand dollars.
0: And he paid,
1: yeah, and he got the money from like people in the church. He raised the money, and said that. He felt divinely inspired to buy these mummies.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to set up a GoFundMe page for so I can buy mummies for $70,000. I
1: know. Say that God told you to, and people will give God you money. God
0: told me to do it. Yeah. Celestial Jesus blessed me and
1: said, oh, wait,
0: I'd have to have a man, though, because, you know, no one would oh, believe me unless I was a yeah, man. Yeah,
1: well. Your uh, plan is foiled. Well. <laughs> okay, so he he buys the mummies and the little scrolls that came with them. And he discovers by power of God that one that the scrolls, the papyri, they're actually handwritten by Abraham himself. Oh my god. Okay. okay? And they're uh-huh. all in ancient Egyptian, which At this point in time in the Western world, no one knew how to translate Egyptian. Like, no one knew anything about it, really, or how to read it, anything like that. But j Dog, by the power (laughs) of God, he said he knew that these were all, these were written by either Abraham from the Bible or Joseph from the Bible. And uh, he began translating them because he's so good at translating stuff, right?
0: Like he's we saw in so the book. Good. Of he's
1: so smart. He's the smartest. Oh, he's the smartest. So. And he had us. It was basically the same. I don't think he used the rock in the hat. <laughs> I think he just looked at the little paper that had the the etchings of the hieroglyphics on it. And he would translate and then his scribe would write down what Abraham was talking about. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Ugh. um, on these, in these, like, scrolls, among the scrolls, were these pictures, too. So they had, you know, you've seen, like, hieroglyphic pictures. People draw figures and animals mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so he also translated those and translated what those meant and how those were actually from, like, Abraham and... All of these things were sacred scripture. (laughs) Wait,
0: whoa, whoa, wait. Let me just clarify because I'm (laughs) sure listeners are thinking the same. So basically, no one during that time had the knowledge or capability to translate these scrolls. But then J-Dog is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can do it (laughs) because God is blessing me with a gift of translation. Yes oh yeah. my god okay and I love that people were like okay but I mean I say that but hey I used to be Mormon too so I guess back in the day if I was Mormon I'd be like okay yeah makes sense
1: I think most Mormons don't know this stuff like I didn't know this when I was Mormon I didn't know this is where I this have came no from. idea yeah okay but do you have your did you get your um scriptures out do you have them with you I don't.
0: I couldn't find them. I don't know where That's I okay. put them last time. That's but... okay.
1: I'm prepared. I have pictures of those. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have pictures of the... the the. They call them the facsimiles. And there's three main ones. And I can send them to you when we're discussing okay, them so perfect. that you can see. Okay, and so what he did was as as he was translating this book of Abraham, they would publish it in installments in the Mormon... Um, newspaper there, or it was a magazine, I think, called the Times and Seasons. And so they had them all published. And then after he was done, they compiled them into a book. And they, they had a, a copy of all of these drawings as well. So you have like all the scripture, and then you have the three facsimiles. And they're in the Pearl of Great Price. They actually weren't, like, officially made into scripture until 1880, but they are official scripture mm. now. Okay, so.
0: Well, I think I remember them, though. I remember one specifically in my head I'm thinking of. I don't know the other two, but I remember, like, in seminary, for some reason, like, we studied that for, like, a day. Uh-huh. But obviously I don't remember why. Yeah, and here, I
1: probably I'm going to send you some right now. I'll send you the first one right now. So you can kind of see. Anyways, okay. So these are all published. And so Joseph Smith, after Joseph Smith dies in 1844, Emma, which we love Emma Smith, his wife. Emma! One of his wives, (laughs) his first wife. (laughs) She actually gets rid of the mummies. She sells them to like a, a museum. And she also sells the scrolls, the papyri. And they go to, some of them go to, like, this collector guy, and the others go to a museum in Chicago. And then... Oh, so oh my God,
0: I've been to that museum, if it's still there.
1: Well, no, this is actually one that burned down. In, Damn it! I know, in 1871, there was the Great Chicago Fire, and it yeah. burned down. And so, like, people just thought, oh, these, you know, these... um documents that joseph smith used to translate they're just missing they're gone forever um and no one knew anything about them until 1966 so a long time later they were actually discovered in the new york metropolitan museum of art and so they're still like and um the museum of art donated them to the lds church and the lds church still has them they don't have like the full entire um contents of the documents but they have like a good amount like a a good portion so they were real but (laughs) bad thing was for the lds church is that once they were discovered um egyptologists could then actually look at them you know because by 1966 people knew egyptian and knew how to translate (laughs) and uh yeah they didn't say anything that joseph smith said they did like, not even, oh, not even God. close. Like, Abraham wasn't even mentioned. Um, what they actually were, these documents, they were actually, um, like, funeral documents. And they were, they were the documents that were, like, buried with the mummies, you know, or whatever, put in the tomb with the mummy. And so, they were just what? very, yeah, very <laughs> traditional, like, funerary documents that you would put with every Pretty much any mummy, and it basically just talk like talks about that uh, particular person being mummified, and then how the gods of that time, the Egyptian gods, would like watch over them in the underworld, stuff like that. And every single, oh my God. yeah, every single Egyptologist that's seen it, even Mormon ones, they all agree. Like it, it was all Joseph Smith made it all the way up like 100% right. none of it was anything actually translated.
0: <laughs> uh but here's the thing listeners like even for those who aren't Mormon, never grew up Mormon, like I just want to emphasize it was never discussed in the Mormon church. Uh-uh. Like and because we're not allowed to research shit as a Mormon, like you don't know and I had no idea about this. Like, none of it.
1: Isn't that crazy? Like, and if you bring it up to a Mormon now, like, either they probably don't know about it, or if they do, they have some really bullshit excuses, which I can get into later.
0: <laughs> Wait, but what – I've never asked anyone what would be the excuse. Like, what
1: will they say? So, um, they'll usually say – like, I think the most common one is they'll say that <laughs> – <laughs> oh my god. I actually have a direct quote I wanna read. It's cause this is how LDS.org explains it. They you know <laughs> oh, how I they pu- wait. you know how they published those gospel topics essays? Yeah. They have one on this because this is such a big deal. So they say <laughs> basically that Joseph was just inspired by the documents and that God just spoke to him. Through, you know, told him what Abraham would have said, even though that's not what was on the documents. This is the exact, the exact quote. Joseph's study of the papyri may have led to a revelation about key events and teachings in the life of Abraham, much as he had earlier received a revelation about the life of Moses. Moses. This view assumes a broader definition of the words translator and translation. According to this view, Joseph's translation was not a literal rendering of the papyri as a conventional translation would be. Rather, the physical artifacts provided an occasion for meditation, reflection, and revelation. They catalyzed a process whereby God gave to Joseph Smith a revelation about the life of Abraham, even if that revelation did not directly correlate to the characters on the papyri. Oh
0: my god, Do so, you know what I heard? Revelation I doesn't heard... mean what
1: rev- what it means.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like all I heard was bullshit, bullshit, marketing, like manipulation, brainwashing, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Yes. Like we're going to twist this in every way possible. They literally
1: measure. they literally like, tried to change the definition of the word revelation. Or the word translation, I mean. They try to say that translation doesn't mean what we think it means. Hello, gaslighting. Thanks a lot. Exactly. (laughs) And at the beginning of the book of Abraham, um, it literally says in there, it says, This is a translation of the book of Abraham from a papyri that was written by the hand of Abraham it it says on there that that it and joseph smith was trying he thought he really was translating these characters well no he didn't he knew he was fucking bullshitting it (laughs) he knew but like (laughs) he told people that he knew how to translate egyptian because of the power of god and this is exactly how they how everyone talked about it until 1966 when it was discovered that he had made it all up and they couldn't just say, oh, I guess this was just a forgery. No, they have to say, well, maybe translation doesn't mean what you think it means.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Like, I just can't... And while you telling me this, uh, I kind of was thinking <laughs> that was the most awkward. Uh, <laughs> um, I was thinking, like, I wonder if Joseph Smith was really so egotistical and, like, arrogant and just, like, on this power high of fooling all these people into making all this money and starting a religion and having a follower, like, having this huge amount of people who were following him, I kind of wonder if, like, he had a personality disorder or if he, like, really believed that he translated this shit or if he was just, like, oh, I, I know I'm scamming people, like just making money, whatever, like, I know it's false. Or, like, if he was really delusional and thought that, like, he had powers from God and was, like, translating you this know word what? for
1: word. That is such a good point, and I'm actually really glad you brought that up because I've been reading part-time, I've been reading this book called The Nonbeliever's Guide to the Book of Mormon, and it's by this doctor named C.B. Brooks, and he, um, he... Like, just basically discusses what, you know, the Book of Mormon is in here Uh for skeptics and stuff. And then he, in, like, the final chapter of it, he says, you know, he says, was Joseph Smith a fraud? Was he a prophet? Like, was he just a scammer? And he actually says in here that he thinks that he had a mental illness like from his doctor. Oh my God. I'm so smart. You are. He, he, um, I want, I can't remember what he said. I think he said, um, he, he, uh, there was a specific word he used. I'm looking at it right now. Um, what is it? Oh yeah. Like having, um, bipolar disorder. Because you you can experience, if you have it, like, pretty severely, you can experience actual delusions and hallucinations. And, uh-huh. you know, it can also make you, like, pretty brilliant as well and pretty charismatic. Um, And you could also, you know, you, you can have highs and lows and stuff. But that was his professional opinion of, like, he was, was like, I don't know how anyone could, could write this book unless they probably had that mental illness. So that's kind of interesting, huh?
0: Yeah, no, and that's kind of what I was thinking. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm thinking along the same lines as a professional, but sometimes I was just like, especially when you uncover, like you know, you not—is it uncover? Is that a word? No, uh, yeah, yeah uncover. Oh my god, yeah. I'm smart. <laughs> I come up with good ideas. Um, when you like find out the truth about all of the stuff with Mormonism and with the Book of Mormon and the doctrine, like, I was just, like, sitting there one day, I don't, it was a few months ago, just thinking about this, like, how in the world could someone, like, I get that you can be a scammer and you want to make money, but he, like, you have to be deeply involved, like, next level writing a book, like, yeah. You know, going into these, like, weird delusions of, like, an angel s- appearing to you, and you're creating this, like, whole other story as well, like, and you, I mean, he had, he had to appear, obviously, to believe it with so much conviction to get these people to believe it, because it's such a crazy story, yeah. and it's very far-fetched, and especially back in the day, Yeah. and I feel like because of that, like, he had to actually believe it, or be, di- dis- like, you know, having this sense of, like, oops, sorry, that's my <laughs> reminder. Um, just be so out there, you know, to think these things, but to actually believe them? Like, I feel like he had to in order to You know, I'm not persuade. sure.
1: I think, I wonder sometimes if maybe he believed part of it and then he realized how much power he had and could also manipulate other things. Because I don't, part of me doesn't think that he really believed that God said to do the polygamy thing. I think he just kind of wanted to, but I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe he really did think he heard God in his head or he saw angels or whatever. I don't know. But
0: I think either way, (laughs) it's a case usually, and I'm definitely no expert. So don't take my word for this, but like out of all the like true crime stuff that I've been watching, especially like, recently it seems to be the common trait is like yeah obviously a mental illness like is usually associated with these types of um, behavior but it's also a lot of arrogance yes like a lot of like you know they are so egotistical and like arrogant and just like think that they are the shit in order and then (laughs) they just kind of keep going
1: with that mentality and
0: I think that's what leads to these Crazy schemes and plans that they come up with, you it's know, It's like
1: any cult leader, right you know they they really think that they are either like that they are God or that they're talking to God, and they're the most important person on earth mm-hmm. so yeah oh, yeah, and I'm my... so
0: sorry, I wanted to like throw back to the and i maybe I'm wrong, so correct me, but this is like triggering a memory that I totally could have made up because that's how I do. Um, but I remember, I think when I was reading the CES letter that they talk about the book of Abraham and then they say that like, even the New York, what was it? The Met, right? Uh-huh. Um, that they wrote a letter cause like the church was trying to say that like, no, it's true. Even you know, the New York Met, like, says that it is, and then the New York Met, like, wrote a letter being like, no, it is all false, yeah, like, I... none of it is true.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know for sure they did that uh, with the Book of Mormon, because they were like, no, there's no way, you know, the Book of Mormon, I, uh, it's not it's not real, and so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did it with the Book of Abraham, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's so crazy, because every single scholar that's looked at it, has said undoubtedly it doesn't say what joseph smith said that it did it doesn't even relate to christianity even in the slightest this is ancient egyptian gods you know and and what the what it's talking about is just all in that age like pagan pagan style right and yeah. um, and in those in those drawings too they're all just like very well known um egyptian like gods and symbols so everyone's like yeah this is not what it says and so then the the church tries to say well maybe Joseph smith translated it from a different scroll that got burned and everyone's like no these ones are the ones and then oh my and then boy. they're like well maybe it just translation you know it's not what you think it means he just and when they when they say that i my response is well, if he didn't need, like, if he didn't actually translate what was on the scrolls or on the papyri, then why did he even need him in the first place? Like, well, why exactly. could have God just have told him about it? Like, because that's basically what you're saying he did. <laughs> that he used it for
0: inspiration, but obviously he couldn't have used it for inspiration because there was nothing accurate or like (laughs) yeah that he pulled from those scrolls so then clearly he didn't use them for inspiration like so why even need them like exactly what you're saying it doesn't make any sense at all Yeah. and then like I'm even just looking at the photo that you sent which listeners will post it on our story when we publish this Um, but, like, it's so obvious, even from my point of view, which I am not a scholar, I am not an expert, and, and I'm ashamed to say, like, I saw these in the book of, or the Pearl of Great Price and never made the connection, Mm -hmm. but there are, like, the, like, canisters underneath the body that are, like, animals, like, symbolic, which you know are, like, representative of certain deities as well in Egyptian time.
1: And what Joseph Smith said, that those little, those little holders... He said that those were all like, um, what did he say? They were like, just something like idolatrous gods or something. And then he also says, so you see the person laying down there? Yeah. He says that that person laying down is Abraham. (laughs) And he says that the person standing over him. um, So listeners, there's like a, a, a man standing over a man who's laying down and he, it looks like he has something in his hand that looks like a knife. This person that's standing up is supposedly like the priest that's about to sacrifice or attempting to sacrifice Abraham. But really, this is what? just... It's a feather, isn't it? Yeah. And the funny thing Did is, it? is that... So I'll send you another picture after this. But what this really is, is it's just very simple. That person lying down symbolizes the the person who's died and then the the figure above him symbolizes the god anubis which is the god of embalming and basically like you know the god of death and it that, that helps oh. someone become mummified and so it's really quite simple and you see these all over but i'm going to send you another one right now this picture that i'm sending you this is the actual like um the actual what would you call it? The actual papyri. <laughs> Sorry, i couldn't find my words. Um yeah, you're fine. so listeners, they you know, they have a picture of this actual the actual papyri that was found. And on it you can see Sarah, um there's portions that have always been missing. So oh. the top the person's head who is standing up, if you notice in the other picture I sent you, the person's uh-huh. body is black but the head is white. You wanna know why? Oh <gasps> no. Joseph Smith added it on. Oh. <gasps> he because that's not supposed to be a head. Anubis has like a jackal's head and and it was gone, so Joseph Smith just drew a person's head on it. <laughs> oh my god. And you can see in there that the part where he's supposedly holding a knife is also missing. And so I think Joseph Smith added that in too. So, yeah. It's, it's crazy, but I want, the one I really want to talk about, I'm going to send you right now.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. I just, listeners, I can't wait for you to see this. Oh, I know. You gotta
1: go get on our Insta. I'll put them on like the permanent stories so you can like (laughs) look at this no matter how late you, okay. So this is my favorite one. This is from facsimile number two and it's figure seven in facsimile two. And there's a little, there's a little portion of it. I'm going to send it to you, Sarah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So Joseph Smith said that this, this little figure here, which Uh listeners, it's like, it looks like a person sitting on a chair, basically from the profile. Uh, Joseph Smith said that this was God, like actual heavenly father sitting on his throne, revealing through the heavens and the grand key words of the priesthood. You want to know what it really is? (laughs) i'm reading it are you reading it Kate, listeners what it really is which every single egyptologist every single scholar agrees this is min m-i-n that's the god's name and it is the phallic god it is (laughs) it is like the most sexually aroused male deity and he literally has a boner you guys. Well, I was going to say, he
0: has a boner. Yeah. I like, that was the first thing I noticed because I'm a perv. But it's what, the first that... thing I'm like, oh my God, this like bird creature thing has a huge boner.
1: Yes, because it represents like fertility and sexuality. And um, everyone admits that that's what it is. But Joseph Smith said that that was God. <laughs> like Heavenly Father Mormon God was sitting there with the boner. Um But the best, another funny thing about this is that the Mormon church, when they realized what that was, when, you know, in like 1966, when people were like, yo, you have a boner drawn in your scriptures, they, they actually took that, they actually went in and edited and then for like a few years, I don't know how long it was, but for a few years when the um, Book of Abraham was being published, they had taken out the little part that looks like a penis. Because they no. were, because they thought it was like pornographic. But now it's back. I think now it's back in um, all the. So yeah, listeners, all of these drawings are actually in the Book of Abraham, like in modern day scripture, and and they still claim, like, fully claim that this is all sacred text, and it's not printed with like the real Egyptian, um, you know, translation. It's printed with what Joseph Smith says it is. <laughs> So it still says in Mormon (laughs) scripture that that is Heavenly Father right there. (laughs) That is killing
0: me. But what's so sad is that we believed it. Like, I believed it. I mean, to be fair, I didn't know any of this shit. And, like, I think I remember reading, like, two scriptures out of the book of Abraham. But, like, even still, like, it's embarrassing that I just never looked into it. I'm just like, oh, yeah, cool. Sounds good.
1: No, like, no one does. I didn't. And then I, after I left the church, I was like, holy cow, he just totally made all this up. And I can't believe they still have it printed and still claim that it's true. It blows my mind. Especially
0: if people knew, like, if I would have known that as a Mormon, I'd be like, okay, like, y'all need to take that out. (laughs) Like, why
1: do you still have it in there? just admit that you messed up. You know, they can't admit that because... Yeah, you know, they don't admit that they were ever wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think it's interesting that they always say that God is constant. He is consistent, blah, blah, blah. But then in the Mormon church, there have been so many inconsistencies. Oh and God. even this, like in the 60s, and they found out it was wrong. They took it out of the scriptures, and then they put it back in. It's like, well that was an inconsistent. like, what did God tell you then, that you should take it out <laughs> right? and then put it back in? Like,
1: that's, that doesn't make any sense. That's a good point that I thought of, too. Like, why, so, you know, Joseph Smith claimed that this was a literal translation, literally from Abraham's hand, right? And then later, they find out that it's not. And supposedly, the prophets now and throughout all time, supposedly, they can talk directly to God. Why hasn't one of them you know, gone to the temple and sat there and chatted with Jesus and said, hey, excuse me, why did you tell Joseph (laughs) Smith this and why did you give him this papyri when obviously that wasn't what it was? Can you clarify, please, Jesus? Because none of them have asked for clarification. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Or just in general about things. Like, you know, when there's any type of, like, Controversy, which also I found out, the British say controversy, oh. which I think is so weird. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> I had that debate the other day. I like any type of controversial topic in the church. Like they are just so quick to be like, "Oh, well, you know, God, you know, like He's constant, but culture and society and people aren't, and so that's why." And it's like exactly what you're saying. If they have a direct line of revelation, which is what they teach, that's the founding doctrine of Mormonism is that they have living modern day prophets who speak directly to God (laughs) and uh, speak on his behalf. Yeah. If that were the case, then why wouldn't they just be like, hey, um, H.F., how's it going?
1: (laughs) H.F.
0: Just coming, you know, what about this whole African Americans not having the priesthood? Like, why? Like, could you explain to us the reason behind that so that we can then explain it and not look like racist assholes? Because I would think that would be a priority.
1: That would be quite a big priority, yes. (laughs) Exactly. And
0: and the fact is, they've never, ever explained that. Like, it's, it's still, listeners, like, and for people who didn't grow up in the church, that's still an issue, like... That they just they don't, don't explain.
1: explain. No, they just say, they well, do. we don't know. We're not sure why. Well, how about you fucking ask? Because exactly. you supposedly you supposedly can, like, tell people that you don't want to be called Mormon anymore because that's what God said. But God can't explain why you were racist? Like, exactly. Up- <laughs> and you know what? That's kind of a good tie-in. Um, I think a big reason they don't like, get rid of the book of Abraham is because the actual, like, text of it, it has a lot of things that are central to Mormonism in there that aren't really found anywhere else. For example, like, that just reminded me, they do talk about, like, the curse of Cain in in oh. the book of Abraham. And that's, that's basically listeners, like, well, we don't need to talk about it a lot right now. But that is, uh-huh. like, the racism and why they claimed that um, black men couldn't hold the priesthood because... Cain was, you know, they were descendants of Cain and Ham, and they were cursed, so they had dark skin. And that's, oh. that's a thing that's in the book of Abraham. Also, the you know how they say that, like, um, sorry, that Heavenly Father lives on a planet called, <laughs> and then there's a star next to it called Kolob? Yeah. That's where that's from. That's the only place that's mentioned is what? Kolob. And the premortal existence... This is where it's mentioned, like, how we were um, souls or or whatever they call it, spirits, like, before we were born and we lived before um, this life. This is where it's also mentioned. is in the book of Abraham. So they kind of can't get rid of it, you know? Like, this is supposedly holy and real. And it also, like, talks still a lot about stuff, like, you know, from the Bible, like the young earth creation stuff, Adam and Eve. It talks about... Noah's flood it talks about like that kind of stuff and oh that reminds me it I found out a number that 86 percent of all of the writing in the book of uh, Abraham is directly like directly copied from Genesis <laughs> <laughs> So he, so I guess he didn't make up that much of it. He just copied a fuck tongue from Genesis and then just, like, embellished. Added on you know collab and some racism and then, you know, <laughs> lovely.
0: <laughs> Sounds about right. Because I was just about to ask, like, you know, like, how did he even think of, like, all this content to write and blah, blah, blah? Well, it makes sense. He just copied 86% of it and then just yeah. added in, like you said, his... <laughs> racism and sexism and everything else that's evil yep. into it yep. and just was like, "Oh, there
1: you go. There you Listen go. This is the- this is what Abraham wanted to say, guys." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. god, it's just so I oh. just
0: I can't get over, listeners, like, this is g- making me giggle so much, this whole, like, picture where he says it's God. Oh,
1: my God. With... <laughs> it's the phallic God. Yes. It's a boner. Oh, like, my God. It's so great. <laughs> so while we're looking at it, did you get my, la- my last picture?
0: Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. so,
1: listeners, this last one, this is the, the third facsimile, and I'll post this as well. But this is pretty funny because this is literally, like, um, the the real Egypt the Egyptian version is um, it's just like the gods and then the person that has died. And they're basically helping this person through to the afterlife. But what Joseph Smith said it was is like a depiction of Abraham that's on the Pharaoh's throne. And he claims that there's like a figure that's supposed to be the Pharaoh. But in reality, it's the God, the goddess Isis. So he doesn't even get the gender correct. (laughs) And in true, true racist J Dog style, he claims that the person that's filled in with black color is oh. a slave. When in reality, that's that's what that's Anubis. That's the god from the first one. You know that he he put the head yeah. on. If you zoom in, you can see that that's what it was supposed to look like. But in the first one, he put on a human head, and uh, yeah, that's that's oh. a that's a god. That's an ancient Egyptian god. But he claimed that it was a slave. So.
0: Oh my god, he's such a racist cunt. <laughs> Guys, like, if you look at it, it's like the only figure who's colored in black, and of course, Joseph Smith says, Oh, the slave. Yep. Like, I, I am speechless right now. I but know. I shouldn't be, because it's typical of that, <laughs> of him. So.
1: Oh my god. And so, yeah, it's just, it's silly to me that these are even still published. Like, I just don't even, I don't, I don't, I mean, I guess I get it. They can't, they're trying to save face. And that, so they just say, well, he was inspired by these and everything he said was still true. It still came from God and Abraham. And it's like, what the, how, how do you even believe that? Like, and, and also if it isn't a correct translation, obviously, cause it isn't, why when, when Joseph Smith was doing this, why didn't God say, Hey, just so you know, This isn't the correct translation of these. Like, you might want to just mention that so that people don't get upset later.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And just say, like, you use this as inspiration or whatever and not that it's direct revelation and direct translation, blah, blah, blah. Like, if you guys think that God is omnipotent and smart – I'm pretty sure he would have mentioned that to J-Dog. You know? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he like, listen. You know, when you listen. put in the inscription in the beginning of the Book of Abraham or wherever it is, Book of Mormon, that says, that, like, this is a direct translation, or this is a translation from Abraham, blah, blah, blah. Like, maybe don't word it that way because it's going to cause problems. <laughs> That's like, going to backfire.
1: Yeah, you're going to have a real bad time. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, oh my God! I know, and I just get so infuriated. I've watched, or I've, you know, I I read that thing to you from LDS.org that basically just gaslights people into saying, "Well, it doesn't mean what you think it means," and how <laughs> like people try to explain it away. Mormon apologists try to explain it away by saying, "Well, you know, it's it's just it came by revelation," and you gotta. This is where the faith comes in. This is where you have to just believe and have faith. And it's like, no, if something is proven to be totally false totally fabricated like why would you why would you have faith in it
0: (laughs) oh my god and also like i wonder if like these church historians like i this is my theory and you guys are probably like she's ridiculous but i mean they are smart human beings like they are historians they have studied this shit i'm sure they are like fully convinced that all of it is bullshit but I think the church just pays them off like maybe gives them like a hefty salary and is like hey you're a historian you studied at this school blah 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 like you have credit to your name just say that this stuff is actually like make some type of excuse and we'll pay you off type thing
1: yeah because then
0: that's when Mormons will believe it they'll be like oh well yeah but then this historian disproved this and blah 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 (laughs) you know yeah
1: I know it's it's probably true I don't I don't know Uh, (laughs) because there's
0: no other way like I'm sorry but if I was like a historian who has studied all this shit like there's no way yeah I don't know how you could yeah that's when they
1: say like oh well I guess I just have faith because God works in mysterious ways and everything happens for a reason Uh, and I don't know what this means and I'm a very intelligent person but I'm just gonna you know compartmentalize and yeah or, yeah, they just don't believe it and they just get paid a lot. Do you, do you think that the people who do that kind of work get paid from tithing money? Yeah, 100%. Oh, my God. Yeah, see that? 100%. Angry. Angry.
0: Speaking of which, uh, what's my favorite is that Katie and I had this, like, troll on our uh... – instagram the other day we did talking have about the a tithing, tithing troll. episode Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, katie slayed and gave these comments <laughs> back that had me giggling so much oh my god i just couldn't so anyways but it just made me think of that because his arguments were like you know the apostles and general authority get they they work 24 7 so they deserve to have this salary that's paid from our tithing and i'm like bitch i think you have the wrong definition yes. of Sarah. I like Sarah, because... Sarah
1: came in and was like I think you're using the wrong verb in that sentence. I don't think it's serve, <laughs> and I and then I swooped it and I was like, yeah, it's not service. When you're getting paid a salary, you get your homes bought, and you get your children's education paid for, and your grandchildren's education paid for. You get to fly on like private jets, and um, yep. I don't think that qualifies. You know, you get up on a podium every now and then and talk about how it's not good to be gay. Like, okay, <laughs> that's not. <laughs> That's not service, man.
0: (laughs) But we love those trolls because you know what? It just helps us out. So keep on
1: trolling. Keep on trolling. Do it. (laughs) Well, I think we're coming up on like about 50 minutes. So I don't know if you want to want to say anything else about it I think I covered it pretty much but you did
0: I just want to say kudos to you everyone at home claw- like applaud and clap oh, did all the research you. and all the things but were, were I yeah I think it's really fascinating and it's something I did not know at all as a Mormon and even as an ex-Mormon until today that that even existed or how absolutely
1: ridiculous it is like it's <laughs> so ridiculous isn't it the craziest I remember when I when I told you, like, hey, maybe we should talk about the book of Abraham next week. And you were just like, okay. I can kind of tell that you were like, why does she want to focus on that one book? Like <laughs> totally fun. <laughs> but I was like, no, just wait. Just wait. You will be surprised. This is a good one.
0: <laughs> You're so right. When Katie mentioned it, I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I don't really know what we're going to talk about for 45 minutes on that. But now I'm just like, oh, my God. Little did you know that like there were –
1: Oh. There were mummies, and there were Egyptian penis gods, and all of the stuff.
0: <laughs> Which I am like that phallic god. I feel like I need to put him up on my wall in my oh, apartment. I know. like
1: that's a that's a good one, right? You could get. Some, I'd like, worship that
0: fertility gods.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm sure my boyfriend would love that if he listened to this episode. Like, like, um... like, I would love
1: that. I'd worship a phallic god. <laughs> he's like wow thanks a lot Sarah thanks a lot
0: (laughs) (sighs) All right. Uh, as always thank you for your support listeners and for you know spreading the good word the good word of Not So Molly Mormon Podcast (laughs) and for all the love and support you guys give us and if you haven't don't be an asshole and go like us and subscribe
1: give us a good rating on iTunes if you can Woo, please. Woohoo! <laughs> All right, and we will be back next week with more amazingness, hopefully, for you.
0: <laughs> Have a lovely week. Bye! Bye! <laughs> <laughs>